0: Just want to first of all, just welcome you guys and say thanks for being here. And I think this is the first ever sort of meeting of Watermark mentors. So way to go. Way to show. So let me just start us out by uh, saying a quick word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this night, and I just thank you for your mercies and your grace, and just the depth of your love for us that we've been studying about in the men's and women's Bible studies, and just the, the value that we have in Christ, um, and just the peace that we have through your Son. I thank you for this group of people, just the way that they have committed to say, here I am, Lord, send me, and um, and they have. They've been sent in some pretty dark places, and the lives of some folks that have real needs and so just thank you for that thank you just humbled by the privilege to serve you in this way uh, in this group particularly and so help us to honor you tonight and all that is said and done and the resources that we've given and um, just everything that, that is done and, and just keep folks safe as they leave and it's in your son's name we pray amen so great so again so my name is jeff ward i'm the external focus director here at watermark been on staff a little bit over a year so if I haven't met you, I'd love to grab you and meet you tonight and um, say, hey, I think I've met a lot of you. And also, there's a few other folks here I just wanted to introduce real quick. So we have Stephanie Schweinfurth and where's Ted? Oh, hey, Ted. So Ted and Stephanie Schweinfurth there are some of our key core, dare I say, essential lay leaders and um, huge value to the external focus team, particularly, and they coordinate all things West Dallas, and so a great resource for you guys, a great resource for my team, great resource for our body, and just doing amazing things over in West Dallas. So Stephanie um, does that, uh, and also, and then Ted, uh, who practices law by day and serves on the Mercy Street Board, is here, and we'll be moderating a little bit of a panel discussion later. So for those of us who are new to mentoring, we get to hear and learn from some of the folks that have been doing it for a while and gain some of their wisdom. So I wanted to introduce them. And we have some Mercy Street staff here tonight. Brett Vandermullen. Say hey, Brett. Hey, Brett, a <laughs> watermark guy. Moved to West Dallas. And how long have you been on staff now at Mercy Street? Uh, Since January. Since January. Okay, great. And then Sam yes. Flores. There's yes. Sam. Great. Thanks. Anybody else from Mercy Street here? Is Elizabeth here? No, they're Elizabeth and Jackie. Oh, good. Okay. Let us know when they come in so we can introduce them. So Jackie Lacey is the volunteer, the mentor coordinator for Sequoia who a lot of you guys may be already connected with. So a couple of things we wanted to do is answer a couple of questions that you guys might have, which is, why mentoring, right? Of all the things that we can be invested in in terms of outreach here at Watermark, why mentoring? Why the big push there? And then also, why through Mercy Street? So we want to share a little bit about those things, and then we'll go over some of those resources. So um, why mentoring? Um, First of all, it's, it's biblical. Does anybody have any... Examples off, that come to the, their mind immediately out of the Bible about some mentoring relationships. Timothy and Paul, great example. Anybody else? Yep, go ahead. Oh, you're just pointing at your buddy. <laughs> Call it about. There you go. Jesus and the disciples. Um, uh, Joshua, right, and uh, Moses. And so lots of examples there of just um, transforming relationships. Naomi and Ruth, great example of some women. So it's biblical. There's a huge need for it. And, you know, one of the things about this this role that has been so great is just getting to meet our ministry partners all over the city, not just West Dallas. And it just seems like everywhere you go, whether it's a transitional home for folks coming out of prisons or whether it's a uh, ladies' transitional house or whether it's a, um, man, just anywhere, whether it's Union Gospel Mission, which is for homeless folks, or wherever you go, there is just a huge need. The first thing that they always say is we just need committed, faithful Christians who will just come down here and love on these folks and be part of their lives. And so, um, so there is just a huge need across the city for, for good mentoring relationships. Um, and thirdly, you know, we just believe that relationships is where life happens and where transformation happens. And so that's one of the reasons why we push community so hard here at Watermark is just being able to look eyeball to eyeball with somebody who loves you and asks you hard questions and keeps you accountable. And so, um, you know, that's one of the great things about it. And I think if you're like me, you can probably point somewhere in your own life and point to one or two key people that really had a profound effect on you. So for me, it was a college pastor that I really attribute a lot of kind of where I was able to go spiritually to him and, and just that relationship and just him being willing to to invest a little time with me and a a few other guys. And so it's important. And so we love it for that fact. And I think also, too, I think especially as a a predominantly white suburban uh, church, I think our reputation, not just Watermark, but the church in general, has a reputation of kind of swooping in, particularly the impoverished areas, and doing some service projects and working on a house or whatever, and then getting back into our cars and swooping out. And so... We don't want to be a swooping church. We want to be an engaging church. And so we really want to develop, as we even think through as a team, outreach opportunities. We're all about getting watermarked folks connected with folks in our community that we're trying to serve. To serve elbow to elbow, eyeball to eyeball. Uh, If you're down at Builders of Hope ever, it's shovel to shovel sometimes. But um, we really believe that's where connections are formed and that's where you can have the biggest impact. And you can develop relationships that then spur people on to engage in a regular, committed way as opposed to just a one-off service project. So we love mentoring for for all those sorts of reasons. And it's effective. And, you know, one of the things um, about ministry that I've learned just in the, the short time I've been on staff is sometimes it's really hard to gauge the effectiveness of some of the things that we do that are that are ministry or outreach-oriented. And this is just one of those things where... You can even look at secular, sort of outside data, that, to look at where they've empirically gauged, particularly kids as they're mentored with a health, in a healthy relationship, and they've seen that kids progress academically, they progress socially, and in the case of spiritual mentors, they progress in a spiritual way. So it just across the board does a lot of good, both in the life of the mentor and empirically in the life of the mentee. So this is just something that we can actually measure and effectively look at the outcome and see the results that are happening. Um, One of the reasons why we put that survey in your hands, and don't, by the way, we'll talk about that in just a minute. That's not something that you have to fill out tonight. It's just something that we wanted you to be familiar with because as we move forward, that's something that we're going to shoot out to you via email um, just after the academic semester so you can just tell us, hey, this is how my mentee is progressing and is he advancing, he or she advancing to the next grade and what's going on spiritually, what's going on in the family. It helps us, gives us feedback on how we can better even equip you guys. So it's a tool, and it's only effective if you respond. So it's really important that uh, we try to kind of keep it short, and uh, hopefully it won't take too much of your time, but it'll be, a, I think, a helpful tool for us moving forward. So those are some things about mentoring. Now, why Mercy Street? You know, when we look at ministry partners, one of the first things we look at is who's the leader. What's the leadership like? And so I don't know how many of you have gotten to know Trey Hill, but he founded Mercy Street how many years ago? Six. Yeah, knew it was several. So six years ago he founded it and has run it and has moved his family down near there. And most of the staff uh, live in West Dallas, and so um, just good, trusted leadership. And, and, of course, with Ted on the board down there and other Watermark people that have been tracking with them through the years, there's just a good, solid base of trust that's built there. Um, also, they just have a history in that community in West Dallas. You know, West Dallas is pretty a pretty small community, about twenty 22,000 people, so about the size of the park cities. And so, um, you know, you've got a few elementary schools, and you have Edison, and then you have one high school, Pinkston. And so it's a pretty small community. People know each other down there. Nonprofits that are working down there know each other, and churches get to know each other. And so there's a history there of Mercy Street really impacting that community and being... Um, a partner to a lot of those other organizations. And so that's one of the things we look at. Um, Impact, man, i tell you what, if you spend time down at Mercy Street, if you've gone to one of the open houses, you know that it's not just mentoring, but the way that they engage holistically with these kids is really just incredible. So if your kid has a, a proclivity for the arts or bicycle repair or gardening, There's this Pathways program that's available for you to do with your mentee down there. Uh, And then there's, um, you know, all sorts of ways. There's sports, you know, leagues where they engage the kids through sports. There's Bible uh, clubs and classes for kids to engage in. There's um, all sorts of things. And so it's a real holistic, impactful approach with kids down there that we really, really like. And so um, relationships, you know, they've got relationships down there with all the schools. Um, and we love the, the distinctiveness of their mentoring model. And just to give you a quick example, this last week I was over at Hamilton Park at the, at the Magnet School. that's just a little ways from here. And I got to meet some of the pastors over in that community and the principal of that school. And I got, I got to just kind of peel off with some of the pastors of some other churches that are doing mentoring to talk to them about what their mentoring programs were like. And I got to tell you, guys, they were really restrictive I mean, they had to be mentoring relationships that were done only during school hours. There was um, an absolute blanket ban on any sort of, um, they call it proselyzing, but, you know, just any kind of sharing of your faith or why you were down there. Um, There was no outside-of-school contact allowed with the kids. In some cases, a couple of the folks I even talked to, they're not even assigned a particular kid. And so when I got to tell them a little bit about the Mercy Street model, first of all, I just said, Thank you, Lord. You know that we've got a ministry partner that allows us to do those things with a with a relationship with a school that allows them to do that, and that's built on six years of trust. And then these other churches we're hearing about it going, man, you know, we'd really like that. So um, it's it's unique and it's distinctive and it's really effective. So um, the last thing I would say just about Mercy Street is just the way that they make mentoring easy. So. A lot of you guys know this, but I mean, they have monthly events and opportunities for you to engage with your mentee with other Watermark folks and other in other churches that are mentoring. And so they make it easy. There's lots of things coming up. There's a Star Wars deal coming up. I read the other day, and I think John even told me about it that he's going to try to go. And uh, just events from time to time, bowling and ice cream socials, and all sorts of ways. And it's so flexible, so it's great for folks, you know, that to. Uh, to do things even outside of work and on weekends and whenever it's convenient for you guys and, and good for the kids. So we love all those sorts of things about Mercy Street and mentoring. And so wanted to just kind of share that with you guys. And um, and so we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that when the, when the panel kind of gets up here to talk a little bit. So the other thing is um, I had asked Todd tonight if he was going to be around to come up and share a little bit. You guys may not know, but um, Todd and Alex. Alex is here, Wagner, his wife. And so they they signed up to be mentors, and so um, uh, I asked Todd to come share a little bit. I thought it would bless us a little bit to hear about their decision making process and why they chose to be mentors. Unfortunately, he's out of town tonight. he sent me a an email with several bullet points about uh, why they chose to mentor and um, and then maybe so I'll share that I'll try to summarize that and share that with you, and then I'll let Alex share if she, if she, if she wants to no pressure Alex uh, a little bit but Here's what Todd wrote to me. First of all, he said, I uh, wanted to be sure you guys knew that he'd love to be here if he could. And he says, as far as why I decided to mentor, there's nine points here, so I'll try to I'll try to up. <laughs> a, a, there was a need, right? So for all the reasons that we talked about, and, and you might have caught his message from August, um, where he really shared some of the statistics about West Dallas particularly, and just where you a know, majority of the families are below the poverty level out there, and not just below the poverty, but way below the national poverty level. So, and he went through those statistics, uh, so there was a huge need. And the Wagners, they had the ability to meet that need. So you might have heard him say that they had to intentionally create some margin in their lives between all the kids' events, and sports events, and church obligations, and they have just had to create margin and make room for, you know, remove some of the things that are good to make rooms for things that are better. Um, Thought it would be a great place to minister with his family and, and not just talk about giving and serving, but give and serve with life together. So just taking his family and investing it in the life of another family. Um, talks about just a single parent. You guys may know over over 80% of the households in West Dallas are single parent households. And so if you were a single mom or dad with you know lots of kids in West Dallas, I mean the, the thought of you know, a good upstanding person coming and helping and spurring your kid on academically and socially and all those things um, would be attractive. Just wanted to lead us by example, right? Speed of the leaders, speed of the team. So Todd jumped in and, uh, and wanted to model that for us. And then just I love this because God is good and we have experienced his goodness and want to share his goodness with others. And that's a good summation, right? Just a deeper understanding of God's grace and just the overflow of his love in our lives and just wanting to share that with a kid who may not know that, who may not have ever even heard of the gospel. Um, So this one is good too. Because we saw the genius in serving alongside those we know and those we wanted to get to know at Watermark. We believe that giving together glorifies Christ and we believe that serving together multiplies both the joy and the power of the service. So what a great opportunity for us to serve together and really have an impact as a body uh, in a pretty focused location and just share the love of Christ there. And, of course, Todd gave us some scripture references, Uh, Isaiah 58, Matthew 5, 16. And, you know, just if you know Todd, you know he's a guy that takes scripture seriously. And, you know, these are passages that we don't have to read and, and pray and meditate on and go back to community and process. You know, these are just clear Commands in Scripture to love God and love and serve others, and so uh, they just wanted to take take that Scripture seriously. Oh, on that, I read a great little quote the other day from A. W. Tozer that said, "Prayer is never a um, is never a substitute for obedience." Right? So we can pray and process about things, but man, sometimes you just got to take that step. And then lastly, just because Mercy Street and some others have made it so readily enjoyable, accessible, and evident in need. So it's a great summation, and it probably echoes a lot of you guys' processing of the decision to become mentors. So Alex, anything to add there?
1: Uh, We've obviously done a lot of ministry over the years, and I really have to say that um, just the mentoring program and just meeting our little mentee this week Early on Monday was his birthday, and so that was our first introduction to Quentin, and it was really fun. I got to take my fourth grade boy out of school, and we went and got lunch and took it down to Quentin, and it was so fun to see Cade, who's our fourth grader, um, just engage Quentin, and I could see just a little natural friendship build in just a few minutes, and um, so sort to of just to be part of that and to impart that to our kids is... Um, You know, really going to be fun to see that just grow over the years, and gosh, I was even thinking, uh, just since Monday, my thoughts have gone so many times to, I wonder what Quentin's doing, you know, as I don't really know his day-to-day routine yet or any of that, and I saw his teachers, i met them, I've already been told, you know, have Quentin read more, I've already been told um, by one teacher in the cafeteria that he was doing some things he shouldn't have been. And, um, I mean, we're all over it. I just can't wait uh, to see how he grows um, just in the time that we get to spend with him. And uh, I, I also was thinking, gosh, it's, he's only a fourth grader. We've got eight years to impact him. What is in the world is that going to look like? So our kids are super excited. Our five kids who didn't get to get out of school to go to lunch were really bummed. And, uh, anyway, uh, I came home. I told Todd all about it and um, he wasn't able to go down that day. Uh, but we're all just really thrilled and looking forward to every opportunity we're gonna have. And again, just um, I'm also doing a little something with the staff and teachers at Sequoia. As many of you are, I've seen you down there. And uh, so it's so fun to have a, um, the crossover, you know, just the relationships with the teachers and then um, and some of the staff. Additional, I went over to Pinkston today Talking to a nurse over there, um, but anyhow, um, just to have a little bit more relationship with Quentin by the, w- through the people that he's around, um, you know, throughout his day at school. So anyway, um, we love it, and we're only a week into it.
0: Thanks, Alice. Okay, let's talk about some of those resources that we put in your hands when you came in, real quick, and then uh, and then we'll move on to the the panel, so we can be so we can honor your time tonight. Um, the first thing you probably got is a, is a mentor list. And so we just wanted you to know who the other mentors were. I mean, there's a lot of value, guys, in just coming into a room with other people who are on mission with you, you, know, that you just to know that you're part of something bigger than yourself. Um, and so we didn't give out any personal information beyond names, but just wanted you to be aware of who else was serving. So we have 158, 157, <laughs> it changes, 157 mentors. Uh, so far, I mean, we'd love to just double that in the next year or so. So, you know, as you guys go back to community groups or you go back to friends and other folks, um, you know, just share about what's going on. The other thing we wanted to put in your hands was that book, When Helping Hurts. The only thing I'd say about that is if you take one of those, commit to read it. OK, don't let it sit on the shelf and gather dust. You know, um, I love to read. I usually have four or five, you know, books going. They all sit on my nightstand and drive my wife crazy. Um, but this one, and I've read, you know, really heady books, you know, on poverty and all this, stuff. and then I've read really light reads, uh, this is probably one of the best that I've read. It ranks right up there at the top, and it's a, it's an easy read. It's, what it has to say is, um, has huge implications. Just, I mean, for your mentor-mentee relationship, but then also in just the bigger picture of how we as a body go and, and minister to folks in need, so... Man, I would just encourage you to to read that book and soak it up. So good stuff in there. So the folks from World Vision recommended it. Some of their stuff is in there, uh, who's another one of our partners. Um, and then Trey from Mercy Street probably recommended it to you when you were in the training uh, orientation. So anyway, great book. Hope Lives Flyers. So we made those up. We put those, you know, some, uh, some churches, um, in fact, my good friend Joe Ader up at the Village, in their mentoring program, they actually require their mentors to go through a biblical response to poverty type training. Um, we didn't want to add another thing to your to your plate or add some, you know, additional obligations. But I would really um, encourage you guys to go through Hopeless. It's coming up. We're going to be kicking that off in January. We had a great time with it last summer, and a great opportunity is just five weeks. So feel free to do that individually or with your community group. But we just go through what scripture has to say. We go through um, what are the causes of poverty? How do we respond as believers? And uh, it's a great book that just helps you process through that and pray through that and think, how can I even engage further using my particular skills and gifts? So, uh, And then uh, my friend Wes Butler does a great uh, class called Find Your Mission. So if you really need some help, kind of figuring out, hey, what are my gifts and my skill sets and my strengths? Um, they would go through shape. And so that's another great resource. And so, um, all those will be printed out in the Watermark News coming up shortly for you. So take advantage of those, and then a list of restaurants. If you like to eat, like me, uh, you know a list of restaurants was high on the list, and I wanted to put that in y'all's hands. So as you go and you engage with your folks in West Dallas, um, we just took our whole family down a couple of weekends ago, and um, with my mentee, Michael and his family. That he's got five kids in that family, and so we wanted to take them all the. A place and we didn't really know where to go and they didn't really either because they don't really eat out much and so um, we, found the, we found the Dairy Queen so all was good and right in the world when we found the, a place with blizzards. So uh, it was great. So use that, enjoy that, and I think uh, Mercy Street actually has even a, a list as well. So that's it. The mentor survey I talked briefly about. You'll get this in your inbox. We'll probably shoot that out at the end of the academic semester in December. And probably again at the end of the academic semester in early June. So watch for that. And again, guys, I would really appreciate your feedback. Some of those questions may not apply to you if you've been, you know, if, if you haven't mentored a lot yet, then some of those won't apply. But fill out what you can and shoot it back to us. So that will help us kind of um, tweak this this whole program. So look, with that, um, Ted, I'll turn it over to you, and you can introduce some of the. Watermark Mentors, and, and we'll have a little panel discussion, and you guys, there'll be a QA and a session at the end, so come with your questions.
2: While the panel is coming up here, I, I want to echo a couple of things that Jeff said. One is um, I want to thank Sam. Did Sam just get up? Thank Sam and Brett for coming tonight. Oh, and Elizabeth. Jackie's not here. Is Jackie here? She came and left. And, and just to my wife asked me how many people I thought would be here tonight. And this is at least three times as many people as I thought would be here. Um, I said, my name is Ted Swineforth. When I first, I first became a mentor in 2003, when Watermark was in uh, Lake Highlands High School, and we used to, when the, when the mentors would get together, it would be me and Kevin. And I saw Kevin here somewhere, me and Kevin would meet and have lunch, and that was it, and that was basically it for a long, long time, and I used to do, like, 2004, 2005, I would do our training sessions, and our all, you know, because it was, you know, me, and and really wasn't, you know, developed yet, and so this is really, really, uh, this is fun to have everybody here. I'm going to try and talk as little as possible, so what I'm going to do is ask our panelists to just really quickly initially just tell you when they started mentoring, kind of the age of their, their kid, where they're in school, and maybe their family. Just kind of real quick so that everybody has a feel for your situation and then we'll kind of get into the meat of the of the questions and whatnot. And make sure you're mindful.
3: My name's Jordan Denzer. Yeah, I couldn't that. Poor forearm strength. Um, my name's Jordan Denzer. I've been mentoring the boy I mentor for uh, in between three to four years now. His name's Dion Johnson, and uh, he actually doesn't live down in South da- or West Dallas. He lives in South Dallas. Uh, they're Katrina vax, and so they got government subsidized housing down there. So um, just kind of did that move with them and. Um, he is 14 years old he's currently in New Orleans due to custody custody issues uh, with his family um, or with his father but uh, his family has gotten engaged here at watermark and uh, goes to watermark now and um, you know I had had lunch with his mom and some other girls that are involved in her life uh, a couple weeks ago so um, it's an ongoing thing even with Dion uh, out of the state so
4: my name is Liesl Sheng, and my mentee's name is Georgina Fleming, and we've known each other for about four years now. So she's 15 and in, in ninth grade, first year in high school at Pinkston. And she lives at home with her mom, aunt, um, two sisters, and um, her mom just had a child um, two years ago, and her sister just had a child one year ago. And so that's Georgina's situation, and, um, and her sister is um, – kind of developmentally impaired and so she has a lot of responsibility but she's a good girl. Uh,
5: my name is Tony Miller and i um, been involved in Mercy Street here for a couple of years with some of these guys. Um, my mentee's name is Casey Lands, and um, I guess we're not getting into too much how we got to uh,
2: Say when you first
5: started. Our first I first started uh hanging out with Casey maybe about a year and a half ago when um, I was mentoring his neighbor and um, the whole neighborhood um, you get to know and uh, the young boy that I was mentoring first primarily with uh, Mercy Street name is uh, Taiwan uh, family circumstances had them move out of West Dallas and Taiwan moved to Houston and since I knew. A lot of the kids in the neighborhood, I just walk next door and <laughs> start hanging out with Casey. Casey, <laughs> uh, he's, he's uh, has a younger sister who just started, um, uh, just res- got involved in Mercy Street last week, met her new mentor, or met her mentor uh, at State Fair this weekend. And um, uh, he lives with his mother, single family, or single parent home. And uh, a live-in boyfriend. Um, So the neighborhood, uh, again, uh, you get to know a lot of the people in the neighborhood. But uh, uh, Casey and Taiwan are the two boys that I've spent time with over the last uh, two years.
2: That's great. I think one of the things that we thought would be helpful with this is just you'll hear similar themes that will come up for all of you. For me, uh, I'm a mentor. I started being a mentor, like I said, in 2003. I'm on my fourth mentee at this time. And, you know, they leave for different reasons. They move out of the area. They, um, you know, just things happen to them. And it's always, you know, you always sort of feel badly that that you haven't had that opportunity that Alex was talking about to be with a student from fourth grade through high school. But it's a reality. And... Uh, and so we thought, you know, there are so many issues like that, that that we've encountered that we figured you all would as well that it would be helpful to hear. One thing I meant to do is just show of hands. How many of you are brand new mentors? Well, how many of you have been mentoring for, you know, a year or less? Okay. So the majority of everybody is reasonably new to, to mentoring. Okay. Well, one of, and this it's not intended to sort of be a downer, but one of the things we thought would be helpful is to talk about some of the sort of struggles, some of the um, disappointments uh, that we've encountered, just so that when you encounter them, you won't sort of feel like, "Gosh, it's just me or it's just my circumstance." so I'm just going to let everybody just talk about some of your some of your frustrations, some of your setbacks. Um, Everything from the practical to the, you know, sort of spiritual and emotional and and what you've done to deal with some of those setbacks.
3: Tony, we'll go ahead and start with you on that one. (laughs) Sure.
4: (laughs) Um, I was going to go first. I thought I had the most (laughs) failures. Well,
5: uh, I guess. Everybody will probably go through. I mean, let's, uh, just real simple uh, phone numbers. The phones you, you you won't be able to get a hold of your your kid a lot of the times, your uh, your boy or girl, and um, it's just uh, it's part of the culture to have uh, monthly phone monthly phone contracts. It's not uh, a lot of times. It's not even landlines. It's just uh, track phones or throwaway phones, and uh, this really uh, prohibits you from contacting your your, uh, your boy or your girl. And um, I would say, how do you... I guess I need to back up a little bit. The best way to uh, um, uh, get around that curveball is always make sure your mentee knows that you always want to know what their phone number is. If it changes, call them immediately. So let them know that, and, and you know, and let them know that the first day. Just uh, once, once you start not being able to get a hold of your kid, let them know you need to. You want to have their phone number so that uh, so that uh, you can get a hold of them. And uh, the best way is is to just go and visit them instead of call. And I know that's um, it's it's proper to do both, but I, I'll. Honestly, I, I visit my uh, Casey more than I'm calling him. Part of that is just, is just necessary. I can't get a hold of him if I call him. And that causes frustration in me because a lot of times things happen in the house. Unless I'm showing up and, and uh, talking to him talking to his mother, I won't know about it. Um, and that's a frustration that's I think is a little easier to deal with. Um, and the, the best solution is just Pop in, say hi, <laughs> and uh, always try and get the phone number, and um, um, and just communicate. You that's something that's important to you, so that you can get a hold of them. So that's. Uh, I'll start with an easy one.
2: <laughs>
4: I think when I first met Georgina four years ago, you know, and she got in my car, and you know, it was just silence, and you know, to ask her questions and one-word responses, and just. Totally awkward, you know, and I thought, Lord, just please be in this and so it's just been a journey of dependence on him, and it's been really neat to see just the spirit working and knitting Georgina's own hearts together um so I guess I totally agree with Tony on just that the practical aspect of communicating is a challenge, and um the phone number situation you know that's, that's hard um one way that. Something that I've done is like write little notes to Georgina and have like the counselor deliver it at school, or like try to mail her notes every so often. Just you know, so she has some kind of contact from me, so she knows that I'm still there and I still care. Um, and so, and we try to talk on the phone, and yeah, definitely going by her house um, is important. So I guess you know it was real discouraging just to try to get into contact and not have her contact, especially, you know, you're putting so much effort forth and it seems like it's not being really returned. And I think it's just important for your friend to see your pursuit and just your consistency and your trying and you care. And that just means so much to them. Um, And I'm definitely not the model mentor. Um, Just a lot's happened with our family. And so I haven't been as consistent as I would like to be. Um, but I would just encourage all of you guys you know there's gonna be patches where you know you're busy and you're kind of out of contact, but just even a phone call doesn't have to be you know a huge glamorous great bonding event. I mean just a note, something, and it just means so much to your friend so
3: okay, so uh primary disappointments in those regards um or tough things um. And my, my role is a little, or the way my role has evolved is a little different just because it's turned into more of a family mentoring relationship to a degree. So, um, but A, I mean phones, yeah, phones, you go through phones, and um, that's bound to happen. Um, B, a lot of times you'll go in, just you'll see that you're building in, instilling values, instilling principles that are godly, and then you go into the house and that you see, hey, these aren't being mirrored, hey, and, uh, like, and I'm like taking mental inventory okay, I'm going to have to speak to that, I'm going to have to speak to that, I'm going to speak to that. You know, it's like, is, you just, if you just have your eyes open in the house, you have fuel to speak on and to talk about and whatnot. I mean, you know, bootleg dogfight videos in the house, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you just, you just never... Smoking kn- in the house. Yeah, yeah. You need all sorts of things. Yeah, let's, let's just kind of, talk just kind of wrapped together like you say something tony it makes me think of something so um but uh so uh transportation's an issue like uh like i inevitably like as dion and then his uh three sisters uh they all started getting involved in watermark and so um but i was the transportation because the mom had to work on sundays and so it's difficult um Further proximity and just always had to borrow my roommate's car because there wasn't enough space. And I feel like, um, yeah, and it's just really the most frustrating thing with me is just in that culture, um, in those neighborhoods, sin patterns manifest themselves in different ways. And so just learning, seeing that and speaking into that and uh, recognizing those things which you're going to have to build into and say, okay these are destructive, this is why these are destructive, this is what scripture says about this, yada, yada, yada. So um, those have been my primary grievances in regards to engaging with Dion and his friends and all that. I mean, I don't, like, the boy doesn't disappoint me. And I doubt that any of your mentees will really disappoint you. Um, and maybe maybe I just got the pick of the litter. But um, I mean, they're happy and eager to engage. And They love to have their friends come along with them. And, I mean, they recognize that it's an anomaly Uh, just in today's world, you going out there and hanging out with them and spending time with them. And they love it, you know. And they get all types of opportunities, which they would never, ever, ever have. So, um, so, yeah.
2: Well, So, Jordan, since you brought it up, I'm going to jump to it. Um, You know, Alex commented about seeing her mentee, in the uh, school, and how cute he is, and all that. And that is true for a little while. And Brett can can certainly talk to this. Um, so the boys in that culture, and the girls, they grow up very quickly. And when you go see them when they're in the fourth grade, they are cute and fun. And not that they're not cute and fun when they get older, but they, they definitely grow up quickly. So comment about, you know, the conversations you have around earrings and tattoos and clothing and smoking and sex and alcohol and all those things which, which are very prevalent, but much more prevalent much earlier in their lives than they are for most of our, our kids. And how do you talk about those things? It'd be culturally relevant. Be respectful. You know, those are those are tough waters to navigate. What's your experience I
3: don't know. Do you guys have anything that pops to mind?
5: Well, um, first thing I, I just want to say is that uh, it, it takes a, it takes a long time. I mean, um, Casey, like I said, is in fifth grade now, and um, he's uh, 13 years old excuse me 12 years old so a lot of these you know he's still kind of uh, just kind of coming out of uh, a puppy dog um, but you're right you're absolutely right grow real quick and they be influenced by their friends the people I mean you guys were in junior high school and grade school too um, but to tackle these issues um, first thing you got to do is, is be firm with what you believe, you know. If they ask you a question, I mean, you, I, it's easy to discern a lot of these issues, what's right and wrong. Uh, so, so just uh, tell them why, I mean, tell them what you believe, why you believe about smoking, earrings, tattoos, uh, what your convictions are, why. But for them to believe you, it's it, it takes time. And um, just to get... Just to, uh, it takes time to build trust, basically, um, and that's what it's all about. I mean, like I said, uh, spending the maximum amount of time with your mentee is key to building trust, and that's the best advice I can give you. I mean, like Jordan said, we're not really uh, experts or anything like that, but I mean, the more time you spend with your kid, the more they're going to trust you, right? And and the more they trust you, the more they're going to listen and believe you. Uh, so that's kind of how you infiltrate some of the issues. Um, other than that, I mean, there's no. I, I don't. That's kind of the first thing that's on my mind that that you guys just want to. I just want to encourage you with, and not to discourage you because time we're talking fourth grade to twelfth grade. Essentially, that's what you're committed to. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's it's kind of a, overwhelming when you think of it like that. But I can tell you after uh, a solid year and a half with hanging out with Casey and being able to spend some good uh, quality one-on-one time and having spiritually impactful moments with him, he listens to me now. I mean, he doesn't always obey or, you know, like I keep him from fighting with uh, some guys in the neighborhood just the, the other week. And this is the same conversation we had last week. You know, so and a lot of the folks here have kids, so you have a good idea of uh, what that takes. But the more time you spend with them, the more they're going to listen to you. And but always be firm and in, in kind of what you what you uh, believe and hold your guns. Don't don't waver on it.
3: Yeah, in regards to like the uh... okay. okay, I'm sure yours will be better than mine, but. In regards to like, booze and tattoos and earrings and whatnot, I just kind of pick my battles. And some of those things are very, I, you know, in my reading of scripture, you know, there's some availability to that. And so, I mean, it's just like wisdom things like, hey, if you get a tattoo on your forearm when you go to a job interview five years from now, you know, or when you're in a job five years from now, what's that going to communicate? Da-da-da-da-da. You know, um, earrings, so on and so forth. So... Those are much big issues basically I just try to instill scriptural principles um, okay booze why you know why is booze questionable why do some churches frown upon it whatnot and then you know we go into being controlled by things apart other than the spirit and um, uh, apart from the Lord and letting other things control us and consume us and I, and I just am very honest and candid and speak definitively uh, per the freedom and then the, uh, the the scripture gives us there and um, I mean he's probably been privy to more heinous things in his life than I have uh, in my suburban upbringing so um, I'm just candid and I'm like hey and I'm like hey this is what I do this is why I do this da, 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 da. this is where it says it in the scriptures I mean it, it it's really not too tough you know um, and so th- that's my stance on it and I I don't have any kids so maybe those are bad stances but
4: I agree that uh, trust is so important for it to be there. You know, you, you don't want to drive an 18-wheeler over a bridge that, that's not very sturdy. And so, you know, it takes a while for the friendship to build. Um, I guess with Georgina, you know, just different things will bubble up in the course of just doing life together. Like, you know, we went shopping for clothes and you know, she wanted to get all these, like, real tight clothes and short shorts and things like that. And so that was a chance to just talk about, you know, how do you like to dress and, you know, what's the purpose and um, what kind of of attention does that attract. And so um, just kind of gently coming alongside and, you know, just talking and thinking through stuff. Um, Also, you know, like sex, um, you know, with... Georgina's family and seeing the example of her sister and mom and you know having children out of wedlock and you know we talked about that you know Georgina wants to be a nurse and so we talked about relationships and you know she's of an age you know starting to get interested in boys and um, just how to be careful and do you want to have that kind of relationship in the future, or, or you know you want this career, and what does that look like? so you know just taking the time and processing that so um which is hard, but um I think prayer is the key um, I remember you know four years ago when I went to the orientation session and hearing bill Farrell talk and um he gave the uh the um pregnancy rate for high school girls Ted, uh, do you know what it is now or? Yeah, and it, it,
2: it's okay. it's increasing of course because it's become more of a badge of honor in that community so
4: it's a high high double digit number I just remember hearing that and just thinking I mean I just started praying Lord I, I've been praying that for day one I really encouraged to, you know all of us to be praying towards that because um, just so many things are beyond our control and um, I mean, God works all things to his glory, and so it's just a chance to see that and bring our bring burdens before him.
3: Yeah, and I mean, this is just life, and these are just people, and it comes down to, I mean, the second commandment, Mark twelve twenty nine 29-31. Love them well, tell them what the scripture says about these things, set them straight, don't be afraid to breach the topic. I mean, you get 2% face time with them, and the other face time is 98% with the other people. So, I mean, let's uh, yeah. uh, seize the day, not to be cliche. So, um, have fun, but litter your fun with truth, is what I say.
2: Okay, I want to kick it out to you all in just one second um, So be thinking about questions any quick success stories that you would want to share? Yeah, sure.
3: Uh, his whole family goes to, or his family's members at Watermark. Um, we've gone to the, what's the Art magnet School? Booker T. Washington Arts Magnet School, looking at tryouts for musical stuff there. The kids are involved in the small groups here at Watermark. Um, uh, yeah, what do you all got? I'll think of
6: somehow. <laughs> um,
4: let's see, I guess I would say, you know, I talked about how awkward it was with me and Georgina at the beginning. Um now she loves to pray together, like we love to spend time together. She wants me to pray for her. Um, you know, talking about her future dreams for education and so we've talked about SAT prep, okay, vocabulary cards, I mean, you know, just stuff like that and um um, different things and you know her writing thank you notes you know she'd never written a thank you note in her whole whole life and so kind of just like different social and life skills um, and just seeing her you know seeing her heart grow towards others too like I've talked to her about homeless ministry stuff and so she's interested in helping out so just different um, just really gracious to see God working and you know I mean he gets all the glory and um we're
5: just along for the ride, so it's been neat. Um, well, I feel like I haven't been uh, hanging out with Casey long enough to have really big successes, but what I, I just encourage you all to, to look for just changes in character and changes in attitude. I mean, a lot of times you start hanging around with uh, your mentee, and um, initially, you know, it's kind of awkward. You don't know each other very well. After time... Uh, they start to understand what you're about, and and just as a side note, that's one thing that I make sure that that my mentee <coughs> understands and his sister understands now that she's getting started. What Mercy Street is about, why they're in the community. This is it's not a uh, uh, like a lottery or golden ticket, so to speak. You know, to have someone hang out with you and buy shoes. Um, so I, I say that I, I make sh- and I just encourage y'all. Um, if 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 your mentee kind of knows that at the beginning, it, it takes a little while. It, like I said, it takes time spending time with them to understand it, but you kind of set the expectation. So now, when we hang out, um, and especially after we uh, uh, Jordan and I were able to to uh, um, to go to a summer camp with uh, with, with uh, Mercy Street. And it's very powerful. I've just noticed some changes in in Casey's character, and those really encourage me. You know what I mean? Like uh, one um, practical reason we're with these kids is the grades. Every six weeks you get a report card, and, you know, um, you set goals with your kids, with your uh, mentee. And you see him start achieving those goals, and like a, a little light turns on in him, and he knows that hey, this is a uh, this is benefiting me, and I and he doesn't need to tell me. I can kind of see it in how he responds, how he doesn't he doesn't try and fight his sister so much anymore, and maybe that's just when I'm around. I don't know, but uh, I, I think that uh, you know he's not he's not trying to play me. He I, I really believe that he uh, sees the value in it.
2: That's great. Okay, and I've got some others in case we. But let's get uh, let's get some questions from you all. Just raise your hand, if um, if need be, I can repeat it so everybody can hear. Um, yep. Yeah.
0: There's just a lot of anger issues in my mentee. So I just wanted to see, uh, he's in sixth grade now, and um, he gets gets beat down by his sister,
5: like literally physically by his older sister, and um, he's just frustrated a lot. And uh, he's from a strong Catholic background, so we're just now starting to talk about Scripture and stuff like that, so I've kind of been easing into that. But basically just wanted to see um, any techniques, um, you know, that you guys, you men, maybe have, have uh, dealt with as far as you know fighting in the house. He goes and gets like knives and forks and stuff to defend himself from his sister, and so just wanted to see. I think that's probably prevalent with other
2: men, other young boys. So, so, do you want to share Todd's wisdom on that? <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. So basically, fighting is <laughs> is going to happen, and so um, I was over at I had dinner at the Wagner's house one time, and I was taught about it while I had his ear and um he he indicated that well scripture doesn't tell us to be a doormat um and in the same vein i mean like biblically scripturally um like I don't have the best scriptural backup in those regards, but fighting is a very valid thing, or not. Va- it's a very real reality there, and if you don't fight, you're going to get stepped on. And um, and I don't know what the blend is. I don't know what the medium is. It's just kind of like like when he gets in a fight. I'm like, okay, what happened? Let's process this. Da 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 da. Okay, what are the ramifications here? Your mom had to leave work. Come here. Go see the principal's office. Da 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 da. Granted, we don't want these boys just just. Stepping all over you, da-da-da-da-da. So, like, honestly, I don't have the best answer to that. Tony, I don't know if you do biblically. I mean, because that's our true source. But uh, it's a very real reality. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I'd encourage not to fight with weapons, knives, and stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. I, it,
5: I mean, I don't yeah. know the situation there. But it sounds like uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's I don't want to call it an isolated situation in the family. Um that's not something I've dealt with. I mean, a lot of times, especially for the guys, uh, they fight to gain respect. You know, that's how they get respect in the neighborhood. And that's kind of tough to uh, to combat that. You know, I get, you know, 13, 14-year-old kids calling me punks, calling me a punk because I don't, don't want to fight. You know what
3: I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. When we were at the Mercy Street
0: camp, like,
3: Multiple fights broken up. I was speaking to the boy I mentor's mom on the phone. I was like, "Wait, I need to go. There's a fight I need to break up." Like, multiple fist fights all the time. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, don't get the wrong way. Well, it is what it is. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's just um,
5: um, and and I don't think that's the same situation. Maybe perhaps in your family, uh, but how do you deal with that? Just love on the kid. You know, show him that that's not. You know there's a better way to uh, to have a relationship with someone and pray for them because that that ultimately is the only thing you can do you
3: yeah
5: know, I uh there are other things you can do, but um that's the best kind of uh reaction that you can have and and uh and you know you can re- rebuke that and, and tell them that that's you know you're more valuable than getting beat every day but,
3: but yeah um my two like root. Like, root issue, bad family life. So engage with this family, build into them as best you can, you know. Um, and that's where you're going to distill some of the the drivers there. And then, two, teach them about anger. Say, okay, what's anger? Anger is something that we should not react to but that we should respond to. It's something we should listen to that's an, indicative, that is an indicator that something's askew that's off of our moral compass of right or wrong or whatnot. And so just use it as a learning experience, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anybody else? Surely.
0: Yes. Don't fear the microphone.
4: Um, how did you find was the best way to kind of engage the rest of the family and the moms? And I know you said um, you had a good relationship with the sisters, too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of seeing it like, oh, pick up the kid, and then you kind of go do your thing. But I feel like that is something that, you know, we want to do is engage the family as well.
3: Right. Uh, what I did was the kids would all come to church with me every Sunday. So... um, there's that. And then in regards to picking up the ki- in regards to the family, like when I bring Dion home, I go in, I sit on the couch, and I talk with the family. And I know what's going on when the mom finished uh, her uh, college, uh, like a, uh, DeVry or whatever degree, uh, had the family over, cooked dinner, celebrated with them. Um, I know that one of the biggest things there is consistency, just like cell phones, relationships you know, come and go, come and go, and that consistency speaks loudly. So, um, so yeah, with the family, uh, take all the kids to do stuff. Shoot, um, I get all the girls' presents when it's their birthday or Christmas. They make sure not to let me forget. And um, and then, uh, yeah, and just be real. I mean, they're just people. Just go in there and talk with them. Uh, shoot the bull, find something in common that you can, you guys can enjoy, and I mean it's just a relationship. It's just you know talking and listening. So
4: I agree with, I agree with Jordan. Just you know when you pick pick her up and take her home, you know just go inside the house and um, usually I mean it's like it seems like the families are supportive. And, you know a lot of the families really are supportive and just taking the time to do that and yeah engaging like if they have siblings, you know. Do gifts for them too, or invite them to events, um, and also, you know, Georgina will usually ask her mom for permission to do stuff together, um, and sometimes, you know, I'll just talk to her mom on the phone. You know, if she answers, or you know, I'll tell Georgina, hey, I'd like to talk to her mom for a second and just catch up with her, you know, and how her job. How can we be praying for you? And um, so, she, I mean, they love to be engaged that way too, and you know, asking them. You know, like her mom's role, pretty involved with her, or she knows what's going on at school, and you know, go to goes to the teacher conferences and stuff. But just kind of just coming alongside of her and being a friend and a support. So just, I guess, some things like that.
2: Let me make a comment if I could. Um, I think engaging with the family is really important, and one of the things that you'll, if you read this book, that you'll realize is that. Part of, you have to do it sensitively in the sense that many times these kids, especially if they have seen where you live or whatever, they'll feel a little uneasy about you coming in and sitting on their sofa I- initially. So you have to warm up to it. Uh, you know, they they understand that for many of us, we live in bigger homes or nicer homes, and and so I think that I would encourage you to do just what they're saying, but don't push it. You know, kind of let it happen naturally, where you have the opportunity to go and sit down with them. Initially, uh, I always found with my mentees that they would they would come out of the house very quickly and get in the car and not invite me in. And the parents, when I would take them and knock on the door, they'd come out and close the door you know, behind them. So...
3: Yeah, there was like a one-year buffer period before that comfortable.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's uh, this, the same thing with your
5: kid. I mean, it just takes some time to get the trust, to build trust.
4: Or like for Thanksgiving or Christmas, like take Thanksgiving basket over, or like a Christmas basket, or just different stuff like for the family. So.
5: But definitely uh, don't be afraid to engage with the parents, especially, I mean, early on, you know, during and uh, – Always uh, asked to come in and and sit on the couch and and um, you know you become a friend of the of the parent of the parents. Yeah, and
2: one real quick thing before Paul, I go to you is with the dads, you have to be really sensitive to them too, because you don't want to make them feel sort of emasculated. like yeah. you know here you are doing their job or replacing them you'd be really respectful of the dads and let them know you're not replacing them. You're coming alongside them. So just really keep that in mind. Could you uh, each give us two or three things that you've discovered are good things to do with your mentee outside of going to eat? Because that's sort of the obvious thing to go do um, that has enabled you to have good get to know you time, good hangout time. But, it you know,
3: Right. So basically, a lot of the plan things where it's just you and the mentee can seem kind of forced. And clearly, there's a, you know, age, cultural, socioeconomic difference there. And so basically, what I end up doing is whatever I'm going to go do, like if I'm going camping, I'll say, OK, Dan, let's go camping. Get one of your buddies so that you can have someone to relate to. Or if uh, someone we're going camping with has a son that's about his age, I'll be like, OK, you know, this kid's going to be there. You're going to relate to him. So it's just like. I mean, the greatest thing that I found is not necessarily sit in these specific times, and we're going to go to Church's Chicken and talk for two hours. But it's like I'm already going to go do this. Let's just make a thirty-minute trip, drive down there, pick up the boy and one of his friends, you know, and then they do it with us, you know. And so then it's not very forced. It's just it's just natural, and then that builds a relationship. I found uh, that gives you the fertile ground in which to speak into. So, I mean, company events, Rangers games, whatever. So,
4: Yeah, I really agree with Jordan on that. Like, if I'm, um, you know, helping out with something or doing something for people, like, I'll invite Georgina along to, you know, just kind of coming alongside and hanging out. Um, and so she's helping, too. Um, and just different stuff, like... For example, I used to work for a real estate developer, so we would drive around downtown looking at real estate, you know, I would show her like the different landmarks and stuff like that. Um or like for Christmas we'd go to Hime Park Village. Like, you know, she'd never been there. I mean it's fifteen minutes away and she was just so amazed. Um, so just like simple things that seemed so like maybe normal to us, um and stuff like just going to Starbucks and like reading, you know, or studying something together um, just hanging out and um, like writing thank-you notes to teachers or to um, different people who've helped her. Um, and also, um, like I'm taking part-time classes right now in a college and so, you know, showing Georgina like where I am during the day and you know, hanging out on a college campus or walking around like SMU just to show her like hey, here's a business building, here's a cafeteria, like, here's a library, and just kind of stuff to, like, expose them to different things and broaden their horizons, and, um, like, they're so curious, and they just love life, and they love seeing new things and being new places, so um, different stuff. Like, you know, we've been to Whole Foods, like, looked at organic cookies. I mean, just, like, I mean, that's my personal, you know. I mean, that's what I'm interested in, but just taking her along to do whatever you're kind of doing. The thing
2: is, they are, I mean, they've captured it well. They're exposed to very little. So we think that you have to do something wow, but you don't. Any Almost anything you do is going to expose them to something they've never been exposed to before.
5: Yeah. I, I started buying a lot of my groceries at uh, the Fiesta grocery store right down the corner. I mean, like if I need to go get groceries and I'm in the neighborhood, I just you know pick them up and I'll buy my groceries there. Um, a few things that I would say, if you want a few things, anytime there's a Mercy Street event, you know, um, uh, Trey and uh, and Brett and Sam, they they put on a lot of events, and they're involved in a lot of things. Just mark that on your calendar. I mean, the, at least for my kid, he's usually at home not doing anything, so just swing by, pick him up, pick his sister up, and and like driving around, we we've driven through downtown and. You know, they're staring up at big buildings and and even just driving, uh, you know, just to run errands, like you said. Spend yeah. time with them.
1: This is,
3: apart from transit time to and from picking them up, this is something that's a very easy job because you can just seamlessly integrate it into the daily workings of your life. And basically the child just spends time with you as you go around do things. Mm-hmm. And so long as you put, you know maybe plan what you're going to talk about or whatever life lesson or whatnot you're going to instill. I mean, it's very non, like I'd say, I mean, believe it or not, non-time committal in those regards, apart from the transit element. Yeah, yeah, that's
5: a good point. Uh, It does take a little while to get down there sometimes, but, you know, I spend more time in the neighborhood with Casey than I take him out. So just.
6: Ted, can I say something? Yeah,
2: Yeah. Did y'all hear that? that's fun. It's a fall fun, festival fun on the 31st
6: at Voice of Hope. Sam. I just want to say one thing regarding because the holidays are coming up, uh, some families are different have different sizes like the family I've been mentoring, there's 12 kids. It's just one, one mom and no father. so it gets very expensive. If, you're, if you think you have to buy a gift for everybody. And that was the biggest thing. You've got to set boundaries yeah. with yeah, them. And um, that's the last thing. Again, we're not just here just to give them gifts and to give them, give them stuff. I mean, they don't need more stuff, just like we don't need more stuff. So just be aware as the holidays are coming up, they're going to ask you for stuff that may not even be in your budget. And so you limit that, especially when they go. They may not know to order at a restaurant. They may not know what to what's buy at a clothing store. They're, this is all for us to really set boundaries for ourselves and also for those kids. So just be aware of that. As a, again, we have different organizations, too, that will be able to sponsor. If a family, if a larger family needs a basket, well, Urban Bible Church has partnered with us, and they will have baskets for these families. You just let us know that. Um, so just be mindful of that. Don't just buy them stuff to buy them stuff um, because they're going to ask for a lot and mm-hmm. it's it's not cheap and for some of you guys maybe you can afford that for others that are on a tight budget gosh that can be tough when you have to say no not only just to one but to 11 others so just FYI on that yeah uh, i just
0: yeah
7: Um, Bless West is on November 21st, and that is a great opportunity to go get your mentee's entire family and come help us serve in West Dallas. We're spending the morning in seven different West Dallas neighborhoods. We're uh, partnering with 12 different West Dallas churches, and we'll be cleaning up, uh, picking up trash, and handing out tracts, and then handing out flyers, inviting them to a lunch celebration that day. The check wagon then will be... Uh, serving lunch between 12 and 2 that day at the West Dallas Community School field with bounce houses and, um, and so that's, uh, those are two ways to engage with your the whole family or just the mentee but to also serve alongside them in their own communities and, um, and so those are two really great opportunities and if you need more information on that you can uh, just uh, look for it in the watermark news or go online.
0: And I think that's a great idea. I mean, we obviously have lots of opportunities to serve at Sequoia. And so I know my mentee went over and spent man, three hours or so at Sequoia working on the outdoor garden. I mean, what a great principle to instill is to serve. You can serve right here in West Dallas and serve your own community. Bring it right. along on the service day, May 2nd. That would be fun. Yeah,
2: My mentee, uh, and there were a couple that came out when we did the work over at Sequoia um, earlier and had a great time. Um, do we have much more time? Do we have one time for another question? Emily
0: have a question? Sure, we got about ten minutes. We want to respect your time. So,
2: all right, Emily. Just
8: um, I was just wondering, what is kind of what's the spiritual background of this neighborhood? Because I know that some communities, even though they are underdeveloped, they have a church where they, you know, praise God loudly and everything. But I'm um, thinking maybe Jordan, you were saying that they go to church with you. Is, is there a church in this area that some people have grown up going to, or is it kind of just spiritually dead?
7: or? or in
2: I can give you a quick answer. There are a lot of churches. In, I don't remember the number, 100 and 200. I mean, there's almost, it's like a church on every corner, but about seven people that go to each of those churches. Uh, So it is a very diverse uh, church, if you will, religious uh, community. So, um, and you know, you almost have to take each family as you find them in terms of what they do and where they go, if they go at all. Um, And, you know, I think that I think it's a good question to ask of whether it makes sense to. We encourage them to go to a church locally in West Dallas or to come to Watermark or, or something else. You know, West Dallas
8: Community Church with and Aletha, and Aletha Wood, Wilson. And I, my thought was my family doesn't go to church. So I thought instead of taking her out of her community, because Trey asked that we not take them out this first six months. And so I thought, well, I'll just start going to that church with Arbel. And my little girl, and see if her family would want to go. I think maybe her mother works that day. I don't know. And then get her involved in Sunday school. It's just down the street from where she lives. So if I can't get there, she can get there.
2: Yeah, I certainly is. going I make sure I clarify? I don't think Trey's saying don't take the, the person out of the community. I think that it would encourage you not to take your student to your home for the first six months. But certainly take them out of the community, you know. Take them to church. That's yes, that's a great idea. Ag- a great yeah, Ag- agree. Are, I agree. That is a great church. Yep, I would I would agree
5: 100%. I just want to echo some uh, Sam said. Yeah, it, you can kind of feel pressured sometimes to, um, you know, if, if you're, especially I think first uh, initially. Um, your uh, mentee might think that um, uh, he or she's just won the lotto with you. And that's why I was saying it's. I think it's important to be firm and, and tell them why you're there. I mean, you want to have fun with them. You want to take them out and uh, take them to new places, take them outside the neighborhood, drive around with them, you know, have fun. But uh, that stuff will come, you know. And... Um, and like uh, with Casey's sister, and now I've known Casey's sister for over a year now, but she just got her uh, mentor this weekend. We all went to the fair. Not a good idea the last day. Just so <laughs> uh, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, I had, to, I had to let her know beforehand because she's, uh, she's the type of person. And the kids' personalities are all different, so discern it. But uh, But she needed to know that, hey, we're here uh, Tina is here to benefit to, to benefit you um, our goals are for you to uh, graduate high school and have a chance for uh, for college uh, I mean that's one of several goals but 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 I, I had to tell her you know you don't need to ask her every time she comes through where are you taking me where'd you get me you know um, and I just I just say that uh, I don't want you to Think that I'm being, um, uh, un, you know, ungenerous, but but it's important that they that uh, you do set rules and boundaries with the kids because a lot of thing uh, you know a lot of the kids don't have very much structure in their life so discipline is a big issue and it's hard to you know it's very difficult uh, we can brainstorm this if you have any questions it's difficult to minister discipline when you're not the parent you know but. When you're with them one-on-one, you let them know who you know who you're, what you're about, what Mercy Street is about, why you're there, and you and and just love them. And then over time, he kind of, you know, Casey's not asking me for things so much anymore. I just show up and we grab the we go in the car, go to the Fiesta, and uh, you know we get a bag of chips and sit down on the stoop. You know what I mean? And just things kind of come. So I just, um, you know, it's it's good it's good to give to your kids, but don't let that be why they're they're involved.
2: No, no, you'll, you'll find out. These kids are they're bright. They're uh, industrious. It, yeah, they, they will. will learn how to get you to do all kinds of things if you're so kind. them things, take them places. You know, and it's fun. I mean, it's it's all fun. But you got to remember, they they are going to ask you to do that every time they see you. And, and one good thing I'll say. Um, uh, not to
5: combat that, but anytime there's a service opportunity in West Dallas, any time that you know, like we're picking up trash, I guess uh, here in a month, I'll make sure that November, 21- November 21st we we'll gonna be. I, I would like to see everybody out here picking up trash with us because it, it really it teaches a little something besides uh, take take take. You know, you're giving, especially in the neighborhood, because anytime he throws a like a wrapper out the window. I'll pull off the side of the road, and you'll get out and go pick it up, you know, because. Uh, so I just say do service opportunities in the neighborhood with them, and I think intrinsically you'll see the value of that besides.
2: Lisa, you keep looking at your nose. You have something important um, you no. need. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah there's a great library too. There's a, a right um right at the corner of Singleton and um Fish Trap, I think. There's a, a great library, but uh yeah, if Mercy Street's open. I think you, you could probably go hang out in the cafeteria there. What um, <laughs> are the hours of Mercy Street? They aren't really official hours. Um he Would you just repeat the question? Oh, what are the hours of Mercy Street? Have I mean, Brad. I mean, it's pretty much
6: nine to five or six uh, Monday through Friday, but it, it varies as events uh, happen. Monday night, Monday night, there's Young Life there, and so the building's open. Uh, and then a few other nights we'll have events. So, but generally,
3: it's it's business hours.
2: Yeah, business hours. Kind of. Okay. Well, I want to keep you all. If, if anybody has. Any burning question speak now? Yeah
7: Okay, so I've had my mentee for maybe a, not even a month. I mean, it feels like a year, but I don't know. so I um I'm, I don't know every single time we do something she always wants to bring like her brother or a friend. and I know in like the first meeting with Trey, he talked about, you know, not always bringing someone along because you want to have one-on-one time with them, and so I guess how often do you limit it to one-on-one time, and or you know do you go a period where it's only one-on-one, and then it's like okay yeah I can bring some friends, like where's that? I know it's a fine line, but
2: any?
3: I don't think there's any formula. I mean I just I know,
2: Jackie... yeah I was gonna say no. Jackie, may, Jackie, do you want to answer that? is very, very common by the way. Yeah. It is they all have buddies and they all hang out and so if, if you take them and their buddies gonna be left sitting on the curb. So they they all just hang out together. So I mean my feeling oftentimes to let Jackie come in is is yeah. it's nice to, for them to have that buddy but they have to understand that, you know, that it's not always gonna be that way. So you have to sort of lay down the law. As when it, but Jackie.
8: Yeah, typically I always tell the mentor uh, to start out saying, no, this is just for, this is for me and you this time or maybe another time because we do have opportunities where you can bring everybody, the whole family, like this um, next Saturday, the fall festival, anybody can come to that. And so when you're taking them out, I always try to, to, to make sure you say, no, this is just for, for you and I. We need to do this together. It's at your discretion actually, but starting out I think it's better for you and your mentee to get to know each other. Every now and then it's beneficial to have a friend because they talk and then you can hear how they interact. You can find out a lot about your student just the way they interact with a a sibling. But sometimes it's the parents pushing the kids to go because they feel left out and they don't have anything to do. So it's up to you Early on, and if you need help in any of this, then the mental coordinator is willing to help. Talk to the parents, go in with you, talk to the students, because I know it's hard for you sometimes to say no because you're just starting out and you want you know, them to, to like you. You want to be friends and, and all that, and starting that relationship is, is really hard for you, but it's not hard for us at all, and we'll help you set that tone because it's very important that you guys get that one-on-one time.